to Because and Effect, a podcast from the Winnipeg Foundation, where we talk to people about the causes that they care about and the effect that it has in their lives. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Joseph Shaban is one of Winnipeg's best-known success stories. After launching in winter of 2015, Joseph and his team at Shaban Ice Cream have built a strong reputation in South Osborne as a leader in both business and community. You know, like, I love people. Um, I know, like, we're starting to start outside the province, and it's more of, like, a wholesale. But I, I can't wait till customers come back into the store and, like, really connecting with them and talking to them. And, you know, giving them hugs, like, it's human affection. I just want to, like, give, give them a hug and, and tell them thank you. We're open and we're here because of you and I really appreciate it. And yeah. That's what I'm I'm really looking for. I sat down with Joseph Shaban to talk about his origins as a professional cheesemaker turned ice cream expert, the importance of supporting community, and what's in store for the future as his business continues to grow and expand. Welcome to Because and Effect. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined via Zoom, as all the interviews are, by Joseph Shaban. He is the owning partner of Shaban Ice Cream in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Joseph, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me on, Nolan. It's great to have you. We have done a lot with you in the last, you know, six months or so. You were one of the feature um features on our legacy circle event and on top of that you sent ice cream to all of our legacy circle members as well as people at Rossburg house i've seen some photos and some feedback everyone has absolutely loved your ice cream um so i guess my first question is how has the last six months been for you guys when it comes to covid19 and everything obviously it started to get hot out the restrictions are starting to lift a little bit so what is what is the last maybe first tell me about what the last two weeks has been and then talk about the last like two months and two years for for Shaban ice cream and how you guys have had to adapt to everything so oh so the last two weeks has been really exciting um we just recently got our cfia license so we started shipping outside of the province oh and uh we're getting a lot of orders we just entered ontario saskatchewan alberta and british columbia and it's just a few stores in each province, but it's something to build with. And uh, we're so excited. Yeah, that's hu- that's huge, that expansion. I mean, you guys have grown so fast and so quick, and rightfully so, because the ice cream is delicious. We have a jar in our freezer right now. Um, but what has this whole journey been like for you since starting out and just kind of like starting from the bottom and and working your way up to one of Winnipeg's most successful business stories in the last, you know, forever. What what's that been like for you guys? Well, thanks for seeing us that way. It, uh, it's a lot of hard work and you know, I always see myself at the bottom just because there's so much work and uh so many bills. <laughs> so you always feel like, "Oh man, we need to do more." But we, we started our company in 2017 on the first day of winter. And all, my background, I'm a second generation cheesemaker and dairy scientist. And my wife's family are Syrian refugees. And the main reason we started the company is so when they come to Canada, uh, they would have employment. 
And we wanted to do it in South Osborne because this is the community that sponsored my wife's family. We wanted to show back to the community that how much we love them. And we, we were initially thinking of doing a Lebanese restaurant because I love food. <laughs> and my, my wife is a great cook. And when I found out that this is a, used to be an ice cream store, the location I took, because it was, it was torn down and then rebuilt and it was empty. And when I found out it, was an, it used to be an ice cream store, I, was, I said, you know, it would be really cool if we made the ice cream from scratch and we get the raw milk from the farm and we, we just have everything different, like being all natural, doing something that we love and giving it back to the community so they love it. And I know going always natural with a product, it always go, comes out good. So, and we can control the cream content because we'll have the equipment too. So we wanted to just spoil our customers of a great flavor of ice cream and our our content of cream in our ice cream is anywhere from 13 percent to 21 percent cream and that's like crazy mm -hmm. which i love mm -hmm. <laughs> well <laughs> it's excited it shows in the product because it's so delicious it's it's so good and it's unique you know like you it you can tell you can tell a Shaban flavor. Um, let's maybe talk about the Winnipeg Foundation flavors. There was an Alloway almond and an Endow mint that you that you made specifically for the Winnipeg Foundation. Which thank you for that. But there's also like I saw on there. There's an ube flavor. Now you've got a new pineapple flavor. Where does your inspiration come from? For first of all, when you have like collaborations with the foundation, where do you kind of draw from? But then just generally, where do you draw your inspirations from when you come up with the with the flavors? Oh, well, my wife, uh, she thinks a lot. She will bounce back and forth ideas, but I, I try to have that part in my wife's hand because... The creative. She's the creative. She's like the flavor queen, you can say. And we realized like, okay, if it's summertime, people want something refreshing and citric and it, it just sells a lot faster than say you're doing like uh even though i, love, I like it like a double chocolate forest cake or something flavor mm -hmm. which that would go really well in the fall so it, it's all about the season and knowing now like what works what doesn't from previous years and what consumers give us feedback mm -hmm. as well so like right now we have the Pele pineapple and we love using ultra egos with our flavors. So that's why we called it Pele pineapple. Very cool. I love Pele. <laughs> Just have to say. It's very cool. Uh, and my favorite, like my favorite fruit is pineapple to begin with. So that was like, when my wife was saying, yeah, I'm going to make a pineapple flavor. I'm like, yes, yes. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was exciting. It It is. Take me back. So 
winter in Winnipeg, you don't really think of launching an ice cream store in the on the first day of winter. What was the first sort of take me back to the first year? What was the first year like? How did that kind of go? And how because I know now you could do a lot of um, mail orders and a lot of online orders, and it's, it's not probably so much foot traffic. So take me back to the that very first year, and how has the business evolved over the last three or four years after you kind of after that first initial year? Sure. Like, so when we launched in December, I, I didn't know how was the outcome. Like I, I honestly thought I was going to go bankrupt within this first six months because the construction took so long and getting our permits took forever. And I was like, man, and it's now December. And I'm like, you know, we have to open, we have to open. And we finally got the occupancy permit. And I said, tomorrow we're opening. And it was so ironic because that day was the first day of winter on the 21st. And our batches take a roughly around three days to make. And it's not small, like one pail, two pail. Like each batch gives us about 50 pails. And uh, like if you saw our freezer, it was full to the to the door. Like you open it and it's like, throwing up ice cream (laughs) because we we had like 14 flavors and each flavor took like three days to make and it it was like i was like in my head are we gonna sell this in december like i'm like we have probably enough inventory for like three to six months and they were when we opened like the community got behind us and Winnipeg got behind us and I was shocked because that freezer was empty in three weeks. Wow. And I didn't expect that. Like we're talking about a 10 by 10 walk-in freezer. And I was like, this is amazing. And I was so happy that we did open in winter because sales just uh, went up and up and up. And then because of summer and the weather is so weather related. And summertime, it was like crazy. Like we were making ice cream every single day, and we were having a great time, you know. Like, and then the winter hits, and it, like you get back to reality and realize how much of the cash flow you do need, mm-hmm. and it makes you think like, okay, this is more of a seasonal business. What can we do to make it into winter? People can come and sit down. So we added like coffee and like more specialty coffee. And we added some stuff to our menu. And within like two years, when summertime is like amazing, and then winter just smacks you across the face, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is expected, you know? Yeah. But one thing like uh, we were talking about was like, okay, we need to see what else we're going to do. So in, in, initially, we have the equipment to make the ice cream. And my initial background was um, cheese maker as well. I said, oh, why don't we make cheese and see how that goes? But now it's becoming almost March. So I'm getting some ideas like, okay, maybe we can make this type of cheese and like I had to have a little bit of variety and then the pandemic started and that like, I'm like, man, 
we're we're gonna be seriously in trouble this summer because we were relying on the summer sales so we can have a cash flow to start the cheese and in the winter. And I I can see like we're we're in big trouble. And we had a partnership meeting, me, my wife and my partner Daryl. And uh, someone suggested to my partner, what about like an ice cream subscription? And he was telling us that. And we were like, man, this is like a really good idea. But we need the money. And the government actually dished out a lot of money. Well, not a lot. Just help. So we used all that money to get the infrastructure going for uh, an ice cream subscription. So now we're getting into e-commerce, uh, which I know nothing of, <laughs> about. And we had to make a hire and another hire. And we had to use certain programs to have a more of a customer experience, which was, once we did launch, it was like the end of, almost the end of April. And it went really well. Like the community got right behind us and they really supported us. And we were doing like at least about 1,600 deliveries a month. That's wild. And these are, yeah. And we, we had to hire uh, staff on. We hired all the staff back like that who was working in manufacturing side. And we had to add uh, drivers. We, had to, we hired like three or four drivers and averaging like 100 deliveries a day. Wow. Which was like amazing. You know? mm-hmm. like, and, you, you know, you get back to the high, you feel like your business is saved and the community really helped. And then winter hits again. <laughs> and, you, you, you know, you forget like it's re- ice cream is really seasonal. Like you're talking about like, I would say, if you're selling, say, 10 cones in the summer, you're selling maybe one to two cones in the winter. I, I, I would say one and a half wow. <laughs> even. So it's a huge like spike downwards in the winter. And it, it, it's like, what, what, it's like, what do we do? Like, uh, so I said, listen, we gotta, we gotta make cheese. Like, and we gotta make cheese number one and we gotta get a license to get outside of the province because mm. There, there is a big population in Manitoba, but it's just not enough for the type of equipment we bought. Mm-hmm. We bought like really expensive equipment, and we have to pay for this equipment. It's it's not like we got it for free. We have like monthly payments on mm-hmm. this, and it's still going. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, either we find a way to pay this equipment off, or we're gonna be in real big trouble where we can't pay anything, and we have to. I, I have to fire myself. <laughs> Don't want that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we said, let's do the cheese. And we started around November just seeing what's going to work, what's not going to work. And people were starting to say, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take this. And some people suggested, why don't you make like mascarpone and Mm. uh, ricotta? So we started off with like uh, feta and a soft, creamy feta. And we wanted to get 
something that relates to our culture, which is called lebni. It's like a Greek yogurt mm. and cream cheese in one, but with less fat. It's about 10% cream inside, which cream cheese has like 30, between 30 and 36%, which it was, it was like something different for yeah. the Canadian market. Like it, it is a Mediterranean uh, cream cheese, but it's not really well known here. It's just catching on now. Right. And that, that went really well. And I was like, okay, uh, we're still not busy enough because <laughs> you have to think about like, okay, so, and people were saying, hey, if you make like mascarpone and ricotta, we'll definitely buy it, you know, if it's good. Right. And I added those in and yeah, people are telling me they were, they loved it, uh, which was awesome. You know, I, 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 when you hear that, you're like, okay, let's, let's add these two products and that's it. Let's focus on mm-hmm. these five products and see where it takes us. And it, you know a lot. The community really helped us a lot, like uh, especially in food service. And uh, it, it's different than retail. For sure. Food service, they want something specific, and that style what their uh, their their customers were used to. Right. And you know we, we had like Santa Lucia and uh, goodies and uh, O Donuts now, and a lot of great restaurants across the city they, they would say they would just give me pointers if you can make it like this we would definitely buy a lot more quantity and when we got it oh my goodness it was they helped us get that recipe and they were patient which was amazing and you know getting what the consumer wants is the most important thing like yeah i might think it's the best cheese in the world but if if say 99% of consumers don't like it, then For you sure. should switch it up. Well, you, you've used that word community so much, right? And, and I think that's such an important element to this story. And like, now that you've kind of, you're kind of a, you know, almost a veteran businessman in Winnipeg here, what, what's it like being part of the business community in Winnipeg and, and sort of trading stories and trading ideas and talking to different people like, Oh, donuts, like a lot of those local businesses that are, that are making it in Winnipeg. What, what, what's it like sort of com- communicating with those people and being a part of that community as well? Oh, it's, it's amazing. Like I, I love all types of business and, I love hearing how uh, the owners started their business because the passion they have is the same passion I have for my company. And, you know, I I joined the South Osborne biz uh, because of this, but I didn't realize how, like, it's a lot of work to help the community and see what other businesses want. A lot of time, a lot of time. Exactly, yeah, and it's like you you set aside for them, but it's, it's like we need to help our business too, and I, I try to go to all the meetings as much as I can, like, but I love hearing the, the their stories, and that's the main reason why I joined it is how can I help them with my experience or how what their experience has and learning from them, and also like seeing 
struggling uh, businesses along the strip and like voting on just if, like getting given the money or not mm-hmm. like a grant and all the time is yes like, yeah we should definitely help <laughs> help them out help yeah. them out and you know it's, it's just not not only in my communities but Manitoba in general mm-hmm. the more businesses we have and the more we collaborate together we just have a better scene here in, in Manitoba and which yeah. I love yeah are how do you think after sort of COVID-19 is almost you know we can we can see the light at the end of the tunnel how do you think business is going to be altered afterwards like obviously the subscription model I think is very appealing to people because you know, you don't have to go into a restaurant necessarily. You don't have to be exposed. And a lot, there's a lot of anxieties there, I think. But how do you think sort of your business and business in general is going to be altered after COVID-19 is, is sort of all, all said and done for? I, I think it's going to be great. Um, it's going to be sad because there will be businesses that don't survive. But it's like and due to pandemic, yeah, it's already it's already happened. A lot of restaurants and a lot, yeah, for sure. But you know, the the new businesses that do are courage and courageous that do open, it, it's got to be something special because they're gonna want want to launch something that is like really uh, what's the word uh, like thought out properly like what's the proper menu and what i'll have for dessert and because companies went under and mm-hmm. they just want to have something that's so special where it gives people yeah i want to try that out and not just try it out i want them to come back the main thing is having the consumer to come back to your store now if we and that's what will make them think two three four times on what's the dish I'm going to have because now there's so many platforms that have delivery services and subscriptions and it's going to be so much easier for the homeowner to just buy something online. And it's, and it's all about reviews. Like now everyone reviews your company and before you even say yes, you read the review and, if it looks good and mm-hmm. people write about it, you're going, no? Yeah, so exactly. I, I think the food scene is going to be much stronger and a lot better. Yeah. Um, but it's so sad. Like a lot of great restaurants went under and I'm going to miss those restaurants that mm-hmm. did go. And Same. I hope they find the courage to like come back somehow maybe under another name or I, I don't know how, but I hope they do come back. Yeah, for sure. Same, same. There's been a couple, you know, Segovia's the first one that pops to mind that right at the start of the pandemic, I think they might've been sort of already discussing maybe getting on, getting the way out. But yeah, regardless, it's, it's just sad when somewhere that you go and you love and you have so many memories, like, you know, it's just sad when they can't keep the doors open for sure. But it, it all comes down to supporting. There's been such a push to support local, buy local, you know, all the, all that stuff has been a, a lot more um, pronounced since the pandemic started. So I think there is there is lots to look forward to. What are you most looking forward to in the next, let's say, six months to a year? What are you most what, what what's on your plate that you see coming up, coming down the pipe that you're really excited for? Uh, 
you know, like I love people. Um, I know like we're starting to start outside the province and it's more of like a wholesale mm -hmm. uh, sale. But I, I can't wait till customers come back into the store and like really connecting with them and talking to them and, you know, giving them hugs. Like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, people don't, you know, it, it's human affection. I just want to like give give them a hug and and tell them thank you. Like we're open and we're here because of you, and I really appreciate it. And yeah, that's what I'm I'm really looking for. That connection, it, it's so real too, right? Like, and I th I don't I don't think people realized how much we were gonna miss that. You know, just looking into someone's eyes across the table. You know, sharing a drink, sharing a meal, sharing you know sharing a moment with someone like a hug is 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 crazy for sure that that that's that hasn't been a we haven't been allowed to do that it's it's mind-boggling actually for sure yeah yeah it definitely is and have no mask right yeah it's... yeah you know the whole the whole thing of uh, for me anyways uh, communities are number one in our values and if if we're not here together and it's like, what's the point of having a business? What's the point of working? Like, yes, you want to feed your wife and family. But, you know, if it's the people that really keep you going, you know, like hearing them and talking to them and sharing life experience, it, that's the whole, yeah, like, like amazing thing about business, I would say. Well, it's the reason for everything, you know, I, I used to kind of think business and community were almost these separate entities. But in the last few years, I've really realized that, like, to have a successful business, there must be a thriving community. And you can't have a thriving community without a successful business sector in it. Right. And once one of them kind of falters, then the other one's going to go down, too. So you have to have them both built up at the, at the same time. So, yeah, I, I've only kind of realized that recently. But has that always been a mindset of yours or did, did you just kind of has that grown since you've opened Shaban ice cream as well? You know, I, it's always I always cared about because I'm always in dairy. I always cared about the, the dairy farmer or the farmers and the struggles they go through. It's a hard gig. It, they, that, that's like the hardest gig and the hours they put in. Just because I see it, I, it's, in my, it's in my business, like in dairy. And so I always had that connection, but I didn't realize like it's even your business as well and the community you're in and the people that are around you and that was what made it even more special like i always cared about how to help the dairy farmers and now it's like how do we help each other like it's not just about the dairy farmers it's all farmers how because all of our businesses are taking something from a farmer which is really awesome Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's now it comes back to the community and how do we help each other so that's that's really cool yeah very well said absolutely well joseph at the end of every podcast we do a little segment called just because where it's the same seven questions that i ask of all my guests and it's all about the causes that you care about and the effect that it's had on your lives are you okay okay to do that with me 
Yeah, I hope. All right. Oh, you'll be great. Uh, (laughs) Question one. What is the very first cause you ever remember caring about? Oh, the very first cause. Um, You know, uh, UNICEF, I would say in grade, you start from kindergarten. And when we, I came to Canada, I was six years old. I was uh, not in kindergarten, so I was in grade one. And I'm just seeing why am I wearing this box around my neck? And and then I had someone explain it to me how there's people that are unfortunate, how we should help. And I, I thought that was really, really special because you know, my parents, when we came to Canada, we weren't, my dad wasn't allowed to bring any money from the country we were in. And we had to start from zero. And I always thought like, not, I don't want anyone to live what I'm living right now. Whatever I can do to help, I want to help. Wow. Yeah, that's important. That's so important for, for, I remember that at Halloween, we would go out and we'd have a bag for candy and then your UNICEF thing for a couple pennies or nickels or whatever. So yeah, that's just a classic for sure. Uh, question two, if money and politics and logistics were no issue, you could just snap your fingers and something would happen. What's the first thing you would do in support of your current cause? Can you repeat that question? Sure. Like if there was no, no money involved? Yeah, if you if money didn't matter, if politics didn't matter, if logistics didn't matter, planning didn't matter, and you could just snap your fingers and something would happen, what would you do in support of your current cause? You know, equality. Um, everyone should be treated the same, and everyone should eat the same way, and just not being judged. Yeah, great answer. That's such a common, common idea these da- these days that I hope sort of permeates into the main the the main culture, right? Like it seems like people are kind of sick of the inequity and the imbalance, and it's time to bring everyone up to the same level. There's no re- there's enough for everyone. We don't need to have you know some people without and some people with these days. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Question three. What's the biggest misunderstanding or stigma about your cause? When, when you say cause, like, you mean like uh, in a personal or business? Uh, personal. Well, I mean, I would say like, I would say community is kind of your, it seems to be your main cause. But I mean, any any cause that you, yeah, that you consider worthwhile or worthy. Yeah. So what is the main issue? Uh, or just like misunderstanding or stigma. What's the, what what's the stigma that you've come across? Okay. Um, that's hard. <laughs> That the community is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with I don't know, with social media now you can get your message across so much easier. Mm. That was one number one before, but now it's like you can't say that anymore. Right now, you've you've been able to connect with. Well, your social media is amazing. Whoever's doing that is doing a good job because the photos are great, and there's always like, yeah, yeah, it's good. Thank you so much. This is a hard one. I have to come back. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Was it? Yeah. Just communication. Maybe just getting like communicating with people originally. Oh, I would say yeah. Communication. Uh, originally was communication. You know, the pandemic. As much as it was bad, it actually brought us all together. 
so before before and after it sort of fixed itself <laughs> yeah makes sense for sure yeah i know what you mean definitely uh question four what's a recent victory either personally or professionally that you're proud of a recent a recent win that you guys have gotten that you're happy with i guess moving to different provinces is probably a pretty big win but what else is there that you're that you're happy with yeah i would say like going to other provinces is a big one uh, is a lot of work on that part and the person i hired to do it did a great job nice is it a lot of red tape or a lot of like different rules and things because they there's different provincial rules or is it what's the what's the oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like a lot of paper it's unbelievable like so much paperwork and you have to i couldn't do it my plans i just don't have time and you need some you need education and experience as well and just the paperwork that went through it and the the organization that you need as well that helped a lot i'm proud of that but i, I would also say procedures was a big win we started getting procedures in our company um, and we, we all have tasks and narrowing down like whose position and what their role is and it makes life a lot easier it's, it, before it's like oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, and it's like no, oh, you don't have to do all that. And have a procedure and hire someone to execute those procedures. So that was a big one. That's huge for sure. Yeah, just getting systems in place, systems in place, and delegation. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Uh, question five: What is the best piece? Yeah. Question five: What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Best piece of advice. I want to say treat people the same way you want to be treated. Um, that's something, as long as you remember that, it'll always be nice. You know, if you want someone to yell at you, just yell at them. <laughs> that's good advice. If you want to get yelled at, just start yelling. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Yeah. Now, the golden rule, yeah, that's kind of a a universal truth is just like, just treat people well. If you want to be treated well, treat people well, you know, absolutely. Uh, question six, what advice would you give your 10 year old self if you could go back in time and talk to him right now? Um, let's say learn as much as you can. Pardon? Learn as much as you can. Mm -hmm. uh, like don't, don't as much as a career is important learn it as much as you can and if you need to work for free work for free i would i would definitely say even if i graduated and i want to do a certain profession i should work for free for at least like a year to two years and be a like a really great expert because people don't realize no one it's so hard to learn the proper way and uh, what's the word uh, if you work like schooling is so important just to get you into that career but once you're in that career a lot of companies 
they're going to pay you 50, 60, $70,000 a year. And they know you're going to screw up. And, you know, if you, if you learn it and you just say, I just want to learn, I just want to be great at this. Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting to work for free, but (laughs) that's what I, for myself, I would definitely work for free. Well, it's just the experience, right? give my advice yeah it's that experience right like being able to some some experience is invaluable and you can't get it from a book so no matter what how much studying you do you're not going to be where you need to be without getting that hands-on experience and sometimes you can only do that if yeah unpaid internships yeah that's funny um thank you joseph for doing this we have one more question for you um what do you want question seven is what do you want to be remembered for oh um Someone that cares about values and, um, as a business owner and reason, because it just relates to the human itself and who's running the company. Mm-hmm. I think values for all companies is very important, and that's how we live our lives. Yeah, very well said. Obviously, having good values. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, honestly. It could, you could, I couldn't be happier because I couldn't, I've never met a nicer guy. You deserve all the success that you've had so far. Congratulations on it. Thank you for everything you've done for the foundation as well, because you've, you've been so giving with your time and with your ice cream and just everyone has been ranting and raving about how great and how happy they've been with it. So um, thank you for everything you do for the community in Winnipeg. Thank you for everything you've done for us. And thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on this podcast. I appreciate it. It's It's an honor to have you. Thanks, Joseph. Thank you so much to Joseph Shaban for all that he's done in the last six months or so for uh, the foundation and for us and for being on the podcast. Such a giving, giving man with his time and energy. And you can obviously tell by the conversation that that he's uh, he's got a good heart and it's and Winnipeg is lucky to have him as, you know, basically one of the one of the leaders now in business and uh, as a community leader as well. So thank you again to Joseph for being on the show. And thank you for listening. I know that there's two million podcasts you could be listening to right now. And the fact that you chose this one is, uh, it's not lost on me how, how special that is. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, if anyone ever asks you, hey, are you listening to any uh, podcasts lately? Don't be afraid to say uh, because and effect because uh, that word of mouth is very helpful and it helps us grow and gets, gets the good word out as much as possible. So thank you for doing that. And thank you again for listening. All music on the show is produced and composed by Trenton Burton. You can hear more of his music at trentonburton.com. And Because and Effect is a podcast of the Winnipeg Foundation. You can learn more about the foundation by following us on social media at WPGFDN or by going to the website, which is WPGFDN.org. I'm at Nolan Bicknell on all social medias. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and pretty much everywhere there. Uh, We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Because and Effect. Uh, And remember... Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Bye-bye.